Secretly recorded from deep inside the bowels of a decommissioned missile silo, we bring you the man, one single man, who wants to bring light to the darkness and dark to the lightness. Although he's not always right, he is always certain. So now, with security protocols in place, the protesters have been forced back behind the barricades and the blast doors are now sealed. Without further delay, let me introduce you to the host of HUTCAST, Mr. Tim Hutner. Thank you, Sergeant at Arms. You can now take your post. Happy Sunday from HUTCAST. We've had a little vacation, had some family issues to solve, but we're back, and today we're going to talk about, well, kind of one thing, and it's going to be emergency room protocols. Emergency room, what happens when you go, and what should happen, and why you're there for some reason. I mean, whatever your reason is, we're going to talk about that tonight. So, again, happy Sunday. It is uh, the episode just after Heather Leopold's What to Do with Insurance, and let's uh, get started with HUBCAST. Stand by. We hear a lot about air quality these days, so keeping your indoor equipment running clean and efficiently is important to your health. The experts at Dependable Heating and Cooling in Coon Rapids have been servicing the Twin City areas for more than 25 years with the latest and most efficient technology available. They will repair or replace your equipment and keep your indoor air healthy and comfortable. Call 763-757-5040. Our team of experts is standing by waiting to help you with all your indoor needs. Mention you've heard about this by listening to the HUTCAST podcast and you will receive a $50 off any repair. That's Dependable Heating and Cooling. 763-757-5040. Dependable Heating and Cooling. As I mentioned in pre-roll, emergency room visits. Nobody wants them, but, you know, that's the part of emergency that you have to deal with. So here's the gig. We're out and about. We had some time off. We had to take and do some stuff, right? So we got family stuff to handle. We, You know, that's what we do as part of family, and we make sure that our loved ones are taken care of. So we had a little bit of bad luck in the family. We had to take care of those issues. And during this bad luck, we've had a little more bad luck on top of it, or just the way things are in life. Let's make this story a little shorter. Had to make a visit to the ER. Now, I'm not going to say uh, too many names in this ER, but I am going to name the ER. And this is our very own Coon Rapids Mercy Medical Center, Alina Healthcare. Now, I've been going to this hospital for part of my life my kids were born there we spent a lot of time there a lot of energy a lot of money with this with this facility and for the most part it's it's been a really great facility until last weekend now again i said i would set this stage we're up north taking care of some family issues i have this thing that which goes into an svt in my heart which is you know kind of the way it is that's the thing in our family and I thought to myself, should I be up north when this thing goes crazy or should I be around some support teams? Because up north, there's nobody. I mean, you got uh, Johnny Reindeer and the uh, and the drinkers down the street. And, and none of them I want working on me at this time. 
So I told the wife, I says, pack it up. We're heading back in because I just don't trust something up here. And we get back to the cities. And it's a two, three-hour drive, depending on how fast you run. We're leaving at 9.30 at night. So it's one of these max deer time. And you have to have every light on in your truck so you don't run one over and be a statistic. Head back, drop our stuff off at the house, come back and say, okay, well, now we got to go in and we got to see the, the professionals. So here's how this night starts. We get to ER. Now, mind you, Coon Rapids is a uh, small town just out of Anoka. Uh, pretty pretty good-sized town, but, I mean, nonetheless, it's pretty much suburbia USA. I get to the front desk, and as I'm walking in, I get accosted by this gentleman who thinks that he has the right to start asking me to give him money, give him my phone. What's what's Domino's number? End quote. He says, what's Domino's number? I looked at him like, okay, moving on. Not even going to pay attention to this puke. Hey, I see your phone. Let me borrow your phone. And then I, I looked at him again. Didn't say nothing. And he looked at him again. And he says, how about I take your phone? I'm thinking, why not? Come take it. Let's see how that works for you. As we say in the world of things, F-A-F-O. Look that up, everybody, because you're going to you're going to find out that that's a that's a real thing. He kind of drops it. We move on to the to the ER and the ER guy says, what are you in for? He says, I think I'm going to have a get some chest pains. Need you to check me out. Make sure that I'm not having what I think I'm having. OK, stand by. Puts me in the waiting room for about oh, five, ten minutes, which was pretty normal. But usually when you walk into an ER with chest pains, you're the guy at the front of the line. Not that you're any better or any different, that just that's the way they've always done it. I've been there a couple times for that issue. Go in the back and the gal starts asking me questions. Uh, she puts me on the EKG. She says, I see nothing here. But you know what? Don't worry. We're going to have to take some blood and make sure that there's another way of, of testing in case you're having a heart attack. Go wait in the waiting room. This is almost around midnight. And we're looking at this clock going, okay, this is new. You know, usually, you know, we, they said, your gal said we have two in front of you. And, and I'm thinking, well, okay, how long does it take to take blood? Two ain't no big deal. I'll wait it out. So about 1.30, we're looking at this going, okay, here's what's going on. We still haven't seen nobody. Now we talked to the people next to us. They've been there since five in the afternoon with, his, uh, with her mother and her. And I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be one of these nights. Mind you. The puke at the front entrance who wanted my cell phone was going to take it is walking around and, and talking to people and trying to get money from them. And, and this is what's going on inside this ER. So I'm thinking to myself, where's security? Where, where are all these people to, to keep these people away from the people who are sick and injured? Okay. So I kind of just blew that off thinking he must be hungry. He wants a pizza. I don't know what the hell this guy's problem is, but I'm not his problem. I don't want to be his problem. But if he makes it my problem, well, then that's, that's phase two for this puke. And I'm looking around and thinking to myself, look at this ER. You only see this kind of stuff on TV. You don't, you don't ever see it in real life. You see it in a drama show. In one of these Friday night, uh, holy cow, it's a great rating because, you know, if it bleeds, it leads type of show. And around me, there's blood. There's people waiting for hours and hours. There's people hacking. There's people coughing. There's people throwing up. I mean, literally, 
every bench in this facility is either got piss or puke or people. The three P's. You like that? Piss, puke, puke. Okay. And, and all these guys are just kind of waiting to get in. Now, mind you, there, here, here's a guy on the other side of this bench that I'm on. It, it, there was no puke, I don't believe. I mean, other than all the food on the floor and the wrappers and all the, I, I mean, it was literally looked like something you'd see out of uh, an apocalypse movie with all this debris. And, and personally, I'm not done not raising hell with the with the hospital on this one. And this guy behind me, who it must have been there for, oh God, a heck of a long time, because I'm kind of feeling sorry for this guy, says, if you don't come get me, I'm going to kill myself. Well, the only thing he's going to do is pull his catheter out and then be more, more piss around on the floor. And, and he's behind me, and the wife kind of gives me that look like, okay, how is he going to kill himself with a catheter? I, I, which I don't know. Then finally, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Security comes out and talks to this guy. He said, Mr. So-and-so, we've had this conversation. You're not going to be uh, killing yourself here tonight. This is not what we're doing. Now, now, wouldn't you think, I mean, common sense. You know, again, this is a show that's kind of a common sense show. If you were that guy talking that way, wouldn't you just say, hey, let's pull this guy into a different area. Let's get him away from the other general public where he can't be a problem to himself, someone else, whomever. They didn't. Let him sit right there, put him back down. Ten minutes later, I'm going to kill myself. Hmm. That is my ER. And at this point, we're trying to figure out, okay, is it just us or is this like a normal saturday night at 10 and 30 to 1 in the morning 2 and 30 in the morning is this just a, is this a normal thing but i'm looking around at the staff now they had the look of tire in their eyes they couldn't they couldn't move fast enough but that when they were moving it was just like they were moving in slow motion they're trying their best they, they, whatever it is, they're not getting paid enough. I can tell you that. And they're trying to get these people in, out, and through. But you know, I've been in ER like more than once in my life, and probably for the same reasons. But you don't have this much delay between patients. Security's coming in, police are coming in, uh, ambulances are coming in from the emergency side, which is we're just down the street or down the road from this, which is kind of kitty corner on the on the building. So they get these guys, they roll them in, they do a, a a triage on them, and then they put them with the rest of the people. Well, if you're calling 911 for an ambulance ride to Mercy, Coon Rapids, Minnesota, to sit in their lobby with people like this, who are all sick and injured, of course, I get that, why are they putting them together? Is there no other staging area for the emergency people? Is every bed full in the emergency room? And, and let me tell you, Mercy has a very good ER. I mean, the back side of it is. The front side, I'm absolutely disgusted with. And I've paid these bills. So the back side has some pretty good people, pretty good staff, the top notch. 
what, what good they, do they do you if you're not going to get in and see them? If, if you're that guy who's on the backside of this going, you wait here and tell someone we can't get you, and we get you. Well, then you're kind of you're stuck. So with these people all jumping around and trying to get stuff done, and, and again, I, I, my heart's out to them. I don't know if you're understaffed. I don't know if some of the people who wouldn't take that jab and you fired them type of thing happened on there. You know what? I don't know. So in my head, I'm racing around different thoughts. Okay, if I actually did have a heart attack and I'm here with you guys and I die out here, will you give a shit? Because I, I do. Uh, I kind of don't want to be the guy laying in someone else's whiz out here and puke and all this stuff and, and McDonald's wrappers and food wrappers all over the place. I can only hope that somebody with all my listener base who lives in Coon Rapids who runs a hospital by a line of health systems here in Minneapolis, takes a listen to this and just understands for a second. I do understand with the shortages of people, with the staff shortage, with all this stuff, uh, if they're leaving your industry, I get it. They leave my industry as well. Where are these people going? What are they doing in life? But I can tell you, I was completely and thoroughly disgusted in the system in which I have paid into my whole adult life that this was the way it was I was treated, as everybody else in that room, that they were treated like this. How do you fix this? Hmm. You know, I don't know. I do believe that everybody is so sick and tired of walking into ER just to get put on hold that they push the, the ambulance button. You know, hey, 911, I'm sick. I'll, I'll be in. Because they get different preferential treatment, perhaps, and everybody's doing it. Everybody's learned that trick. Here, I'm, I'm sick. Nine one one, they bring them in, and then they put them out in the waiting room. <laughs> Doesn't sound like an ER to me. And isn't there rules for the ER? Isn't there a, a, some kind of a rules that if you get hauled in on an ambulance, don't don't you go to the front of the line or, or get seen? My father-in-law was up in a Cambridge area. He had the same situation in their ER. I don't know what system that is. They did the same thing. They couldn't get him in. They, they put him in the waiting room, and they sit there. Now, this guy's a 78-year-old guy. You know, he ain't going to sit there long. He's always going to the bathroom. There, there's just a number of things that you don't let elderly people sit in an ER. Four or five hours later, you know, there, there's a problem. And the nurse told my sister-in-law, well, next time call 911. Well, that's the trick. That's, that's the trick up there. I don't know if it was Cambridge or Zimmerman area, north of Zimmerman, whatever that hospital is. It, it's kind of a thing. And that's what they did there. And they're not a level one trauma center like, well, like, Mercy Medical Center on a line of health. Now, don't you have to have rules to be a level one trauma center? Like getting people in and out? Am I upset about the weight? Not really. Am I upset about the fact that I got accosted coming into the place and possibly, you know, going to take your phone because this guy wanted numbers from Domino's, which is on his phone texting, but he wants mine. Mental health issues? I don't know. Don't care. 
I'm not there for him. I want to get in, get out, and get my get my day going, the rest of my day. So think about that. Plan ahead. Call call your medical center provider and say, you know what? What are things like over there? Before you need an ER, before you need to go in and go, hey, I need this thing now. Do some research, people. Now, the gal who was sitting next to us with her mother-in-law for, for six, seven hours in waiting room said there was some kind of an app, emergency room app. I, I don't know. The wife was talking to him. And it'll tell you wait times on this app, which, which I never knew existed. But, you know, hey, why not? This is technology. So in that app, it'll tell you how long, where, who's going on. Now, again, be very careful how you pick your hospitals. Uh, ours, we certainly have to have cath lab in case something happens. You know, we're heart issue. If you cut your finger, I would imagine the guys up in Zimmerman area will be okay. You don't have to sit there. They log me in. They, they log me into the system and they says, okay, come out here and wait. Put the band on me. And after about hour and a half, two hours of waiting for someone to draw blood, I, I was under the impression that this is not going to happen within this day. Now, from... 11 o'clock to 1.30 to draw blood and then let you sit there. I cut my wristband off and off I went. I'm not playing this game with these people. We're not going to have this here. If I'm going to die, it's going to be not with these guys. And then they could blame something like COVID. Oh, he had COVID. Well, if you didn't have COVID and you got into that ER and sat there with these people hacking on you, you're going to get it. Needless to say, I ran a test and make sure I wasn't COVID positive, which I wasn't, luckily, thankfully, because that would be kind of sucky to have uh, heart issues on top of COVID issues. And then they can uh, call me COVID-related death and collect more money and whatever that crap sandwich is. So I don't know what's going on in the rest of the world. Uh, we did get some information from the Australian guys. They're still not willing to open up about their situation and their COVIDs. But their ERs are about the same. Uh, they have a lot of waiting. They talk a lot about deferred medicals. Uh, how do they put it? Kind of a socialist but not socialist type of medical system. So whether you've got a nosebleed or you come in with a you know leg cut off, you're kind of in a lineup. Of course, I'm being a little bit facetious on that, but... Yeah, you get my point. Canada has a, a, a system. Canada has a two-tier system, which is really weird for me to figure out. I mean, it, you know, you have the socialized side. And ours is getting that way. Our medical system is getting that way, the two-tiered. You have the guys that can afford it, and they write big checks, and they get their stuff done. Or or you have the people who can't afford it, and they're on a, a program that goes in and says, hey, you get this, uh, stand in line. He gets that. You stand in line, stand in line, stand in line, stand in line, wait. You're on a list for a transplant. You're on a list for this. You're on a list for for everything. I mean, you you want to get a skin graft because you, who knows what? It's for cancer. You're on a list. And if in the meantime, if it metastasizes and gets bigger, you're still on that list. We're down here. Uh, down here. I mean, in the U.S., we, we don't have that. We, we, we didn't until Obamacare came in, and they, they really cared. So the, the Obamacare says, hey, we're going to we're gonna free medical for anybody. You're going to have pre-existing conditions. We're not going to cut you off. I don't know. Trump was working on that. I don't know where he got any traction on it. But my ER, again, 
is not the ER I've been to my whole life, my whole adult life. Mercy Medical Center, Alina Healthcare, big F. Now, again, in their defense, they haven't always been this way. They've been spot on. They've done an excellent job for years. I am hoping this is just a, a disruption in service. Now, my heart doctor's over there, good guys. They take care of me. When I told them I went, what I went through, they couldn't get me in fast enough. So the pulmonary guys, the heart guys on the other side of the hospital, hey, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Can you get here? They rocked it. They just hands down made it happen. Uh, hats off to those people over there. I love you. Thanks for keeping me alive over there. Um, but the ER, I'm pretty disgusted. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sad that this much effort and energy goes into an ER to make it look like that. And if you are listening and you guys are the ones that control this, shame on you. Shame on you as a hospital. Shame on you as a loved one trauma center. Shame on you that you would do this to your, to your, your base. And shame on you for not putting people in places like security teams when people are trying to kill themselves. Or trying to accost you and steal your cell phone on the way into the hospital. Hmm. Makes you think, doesn't it? I'm kind of disgusted in all that. Personally speaking, I'm going to have to keep hunting around for a different hospital. Someone that can do level one trauma. Someone that can do cath lab if we need it. You know, again, with heart issues and the genetic heart issues. You're just kind of the way you got to do it. You got to plan ahead. So if this is you guys and, and you're listening, please send me an email because I, I do plan to take this a little bit farther than just me venting about it on the rest of the world to listen to. Again, for you guys out in the rest of the world, what are you doing? How do you do things? Hit me up on the Facebook page. We have started the Twitter. That's right. Hutcast is now on Twitter. And we are on what else? Um, we're on Rumble, TikTok, Instagram. I'm trying to figure out how to link all my accounts together so you can just go to one and say, hey, I got a, I got a hit. So send me some information, some notes, you Australian guys. Let me know how things work down there. Hey, is it like this? Or how would you, I might see like this. You just put it in a bob and shrimp on over. Whatever that is you guys do. I love it. I love that accent. The Euro guys, I, I don't know about your system of medicine. I can only assume it's somewhat similar. I have nothing in the Japan world. Not too many listeners. I got like some stragglers. But if you're over there listening to me, what what do you do? I mean, how, how does it work over there? Is your emergency room just kind of jump in and do what we do over here and hope we can get things through? I don't know. Okay. Um, working on some guys for some future programs here. We're trying to get the ex-St. Paul prosecutor on. I won't say names yet because he's not committed. And if you're listening, I would sure like to get that conversation going. Uh, let's see what else. The engine programs went pretty good. So, you know, you guys, hey, thanks for chiming in on that. Uh, you're listening pretty well. The numbers are great. More so U.S., not not too much out of the off the shore. And if we have a chance... I'll try to get one more show in before the end of the season. I'll try to do this every Sunday. And if we can, have some common sense. 
please send it my way because I have seen not much of it this year. All right, Hutcast, short show today. Uh, reach out to the sponsors. We appreciate every sponsor we have, and we'll catch up with you soon. Hutcast will be signing off for a 29-minute show. And again, thank you all for listening, for participating. Remember the, the social pages networks. I have them everywhere. Let's keep common sense common. All right, Hutcast signing off. And that's a wrap for Hutcast. Hutcast is, again, a pragmatic approach to seeing things how some people see them. If you like our show, give us a thumbs up on the Facebook site. Again, for Hutcast, thank you again. Have a wonderful evening.